Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. What's up, everybody out in Grindland? Uh, this is Dave McClung and the always lovely uh, Chad Grigsby. Grindland. Welcome Grindland. to Grindland. Yes. Like Welcome to Grindland. Grindland. Uh, the the Repub- People's Republic of Grindland. Yes. Um, I don't know. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> we we were when I lived in Texas a few years ago. There's a guy trying to make uh, Texas its own independent nation, the Republic of Texas, and there was a movement there for a while. And uh, I've always considered it its own country. Yeah, it is. It is pretty so, much. So mm-hmm. anyway, hey, uh, we're doing something different uh, this week on the grind. We've been doing kind of format for the podcast has primarily been centered around an interview up to this point or uh, as we added the big idea uh, mm-hmm. video recap from those interviews uh, just to try and shorten the length of the podcast a little bit uh, earlier this year we thought we'd add another kind of different layer uh, of the podcast as well where uh, Chad and I just kind of pick a topic and um, blather on incessantly you know, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we thought, you know what the podcast is missing? <laughs> you and I talking incessantly about a topic. You and I talking more. That's what it's missing. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's missing. Because they just don't hear from us enough. <laughs> you know, it's funny when, you know, we talk about yeah. it and then we get on to do it and it's like, whose idea was this? Yeah. Well, and here's the reality. We have so many conversations after the podcast ends based on... Right questions that came up in the podcast and the interview we really can't flesh out and and really uh, you know kind of expand upon and and there are a lot of questions that a lot of our church planners have over and over we actually sent out an email uh and have put it on the twitters that you know a particular question if you could start over you know what's one thing you do differently uh we're gathering information we're going to do one of these episodes around that topic and and question as well coming up but, uh, but today, we wanted to kind of kick off, and really this kind of comes out of our conversation with Jamie Naramore and the People Group's conversation. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to it. Great, great conversation with Jamie. And, and we've talked around this issue some in, in the podcast throughout the episodes. We wanted to talk about the issue of, of cultural distance and, and, and how, and I don't know where this topic originated, the, the first person I heard mention it was Brad Briscoe, our good buddy Brad, and and was talking about it from a missiological perspective. Um, and here's even, a, uh, I even got a diagram here uh, that I drew up. Look at that, hey. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, so he kind of looks at it from a missiological perspective in the sense that there's the church kind of sitting at M0, kind of mission, mission zero. That's the starting point. And there are these different um, levels of distance from the church and the people of God. You know, M0 to M1 is kind of the immediate sphere around the church, people who look like us, education levels, socioeconomic levels ethnicity that are the same or similar 
um, that we're most comfortable with reaching, most comfortable with connecting. And those are kind of that M0 to M1 level. Um, and then from M1 to M2, you start branching out and, and creating a little bit more distance and kind of average non-Christian, little awareness of Christianity, very little church background, if any, maybe somewhat suspicious or had a bad experience with the church. Uh, you can find these folks in the bars on the weekends, you know, not necessarily bad people or anything, just no interest in, in the gospel. Um, from, you know, M2 to M3, it broadens a little bit more where you have people with zero knowledge of Christianity, maybe a subculture, a subgroup, ethnic group, you know, with different religious impulses, um, you know, people who've been marginalized by Christianity, gay community, for instance, uh, may be actively antagonistic in some senses toward the church. Yeah. And then from M3 to M4, um, you know, ethnic and religious groups with a bad history with the church. You know, mm. radical Islam uh, would be a great example of that. Uh, you know, kind of a new atheism that sees Christianity as a detriment to society and um, you know, something that brings no value uh, to you know to society as well. And so, so with each of those groups, there is there is distance. There are cultural barriers, religious barriers, ethnic barriers, whatever between us and them. And here's the whole kind of sense of looking at the cultural distance paradigm from a missiological standpoint. We'll kind of talk about this from here. Oftentimes, our approach is to ask them to cross all the cultural barriers to come to us, rather than us actually being the missionaries that God has called us to be and sent us to be, to cross the cultural barriers to go to them. Yeah. We continually try and invite them into our space, on our terms, on our turf, rather than being the sent people of God who go to their spaces on their terms, on their turf, and actually be the missionary to them. Um, and so, so that's kind of the cultural distance paradigm there, uh, which is a very real issue, particularly in church planning when you're starting something new. Uh, you can't just start a service and expect a bunch of people are going to come because you have a cool service with cool preaching, cool worship and everything. There are too many barriers and too much distance. We've got to find a way to get to them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if your model is purely attractional, not that there's anything wrong with being attractional, Correct. if your model's purely attractional, then you are expecting lost people to be missionaries. And that's right. That's just uh, not going to happen. So yeah. Um, Brad actually brought that up on the podcast. We had Brad uh, on the podcast, one of the early episodes. So go yeah. back and listen to Brad's uh, episode. You hear some commentary uh, on this as well, but yeah, as, as likely as I am to, to attend the Hindu temple uh, <laughs> around the corner, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's very little impulse. Sometimes I have a curiosity as a Christian who wants to reach Hindus, but, it, but I mean, to, to as great an interest as I have in that, my interest in converting to Hinduism and attending the temple on a regular basis is next to zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so as Sonny Tucker says, most of the good sinners are already taken. Yeah. Uh, that M zero to M one, that, that, that's a shrinking group. I think in our, in our context, our country, that the people who would attend church, who would just come to cross maybe one barrier or none yeah. is shrinking. 
more and more people, uh, just as I have zero interest in the Hindu temple, they have zero interest in attending a church service. Yeah. So we've got to engage them, know what those barriers are, be willing to cross those barriers. And as Jamie Nearmore said, reorient our lives to get the gospel to them, yeah. not expecting them to change in some way to come to us. Yeah. And, and, and really, I think the only way to understand this uh, you know, so many of our folks who are incredible, you know, believers, incredible church members, but they've, they've been in their church and their community for a long time and haven't, you know, visited a lot of other places to really experience this. I, you know, I, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. Um, so there was growing up, there was never a church that I was a part of where I was not the pastor's son. Yeah. And with that comes, you know, comes some negatives in that you kind of live in a glass house and everybody's watching what you're doing. But the positive side of that is I knew everybody in the church uh, from the oldest deacon, you know, down to the youngest kids. I knew families that my friends had no idea who they were just because yeah. we were in a lot of homes. We ate with a lot of Sunday school classes and, you know, and deacons fellowships and all this stuff. And, you know, so my sister grew up in an environment where we knew everybody in the church and so my first experience outside of that was when I went to college and attended church for the first time where, where nobody knew me mm. and, and really, you know, not many people cared that I was there. You know, very <laughs> few people engaged me intentionally in conversation. And so here I am a new guest in this church and I'm having to do the, all, all the conversation starting just to meet people in the church. Yeah. Now magnify that, you know, a hundred times over and go to a place where, where you are completely uncomfortable. You know, when I was in college, we, our evangelism class went to a mosque in Jonesboro, uh, very uncomfortable. They had a yeah. prayer service we were invited into. We got to observe and then we had conversations. I would never have gone into that had my professor not paved the way and took us as a class to that event. Um, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it on my own, but think of how many people we expect to do that, to come to our worship gatherings. Well, uh, not to mention your objections that you probably have toward Islam. Yeah. Theologically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, I mean, you attend one time, Yeah. But, but then it didn't even, you didn't even engage in a lengthy conversation or have multiple conversations about Islam and right. any type of you know, correlation to Christianity. So just, yeah, it's just, I think we need to be awakened to this idea that there's just not a lot of people who are really close. Right. They just have multiple barriers. Yeah. 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 And you're right. Somebody's got to pave that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I had a pastor, uh, you know, say something to me the other day about the, the pool of people to draw from in their community is small. Well, what he meant was the pool of people like them in their community to draw from is small. There are yeah. plenty of people in the community not like them that they could draw from. And there's and we all have these natural fears and natural insecurities, um, right. you know, and engaging people who are different from us. And, um, and, and, and that's all fine. You know, one of the things Jamie talked about that really works in our favor is curiosity. Uh, you can make mistakes in the context 
of curiosity. You know, I, I just don't know, you know, help me understand. And, and so that's a great way to, you know, play, play the dummy. Yeah, you know, just go in knowing you're the idiot in the situation that you need education. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a great icebreaker, you know, for yeah. them. And, uh, and so, uh, but, but there are, you know, there are tons of people around us, many of whom are going to have, have some cultural distance from who we are as believers and what we believe. Um, if if we really are going to take the Great Commission seriously, then we've got to figure out a way to to move beyond just asking them to come to us and us start finding ways to go to them. Yeah, um, I, I thought that whole whole discussion about curiosity is a great way, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. Um, you know, ask yeah, ask questions. And and when we think about church planting, you know, really what we're after these days is missionaries. Right. That's we're, right. We're not interested in in pastors who want to start worship services as much as we are missionaries who want to engage people far from Jesus. Yeah, and and so when you think about if you're a church planter listening to this or potential church planter listening to this, that's that's really what we're after is yeah. is cultural barrier crossers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, guys who are willing to 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 see those barriers, realize them, do the contextualization and the uh, cultural exegesis that it takes to realize what those are, and then start moving towards marginalized people, uh, taking the gospel with them. Yeah. Um, I think even Jamie said something, I don't know if this was in the podcast or after, uh, but you know, a Christian was inviting a Hindu to church. And then he said, well, Hey, instead of bringing you to church, why don't I bring church to you? Yeah. Uh, and that's and do a Bible study in your home, and the, I think the Hindu guy said, "Yeah, great." You yeah, know? yeah, because he was curious; uh, he wanted to know. That's, that's really what we got to do. Yeah. We got to. It's not get people into church; it's get the church out there. Not yeah. not try to get, you know, uh, not try to get Centerton, you know, into church, but get the church into Centerton. That's what yeah, I mean, yeah. You know? so, well, and there are there are some bridges, you know, to help us do that. You know, yeah. third place gatherings. You know, whether it's yeah. a coffee house or a restaurant or a ballpark, or a gym, or, you know, if you're a book nerd like me, a library, you know, of course, you're not supposed to talk in libraries, but, uh, you know, but there are, there are common ground places around yeah. us where we can, can gather and have conversations with people that are just mm-hmm. natural, you know, conversations, and everybody's mm-hmm. comfortable, it's nobody's turf, it's, you know, and, you know, when Neil Cole was here and talking about a lot of this, they, they've built their awakening chapels, their plants off of kind of coffee house conversations, places like neighborhood conversations, you know, places like that where just, you know, building relationships with people on their Mm -hmm. turf uh, where they're comfortable and us going to them. I think Todd Ingstrom calls them neutral and natural. Yeah. What what are some neutral and natural places? So like, examples of that would be your neighborhood like if you go into a neighborhood that's not yours and you start knocking on people's doors uh i'm not saying that's a bad thing but that's not neutral and natural right you're you're an outsider coming into their place that 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 there's immediately going to be some skepticism about you yeah yeah if you live there and you say yeah i live over here off whatever 
uh, or your neighbors, if you have a conversation with your neighbors, that's neutral and natural. You're their neighbor. They <laughs> right. literally live next to you. Or uh, families of your kid who plays, you know, ball. Like we, our kid plays soccer uh, and he's not very good, but, um, we, uh, <laughs> at the end of the soccer season, all the families kind of got to know each other pretty good. We did a year end celebration and, uh, did a bounce house and just kind of a season celebration, but that's neutral and natural. Cause we're on the same soccer team. All the yeah. kids play soccer together Yeah, and it's building relationships with people through those connections that likely you already have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that helps you start, start taking those steps. So yeah. 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 Third place is neutral and natural. Yeah. I, you know, when, when our, uh, youngest son played soccer, uh, and then he got into Taekwondo and so he left soccer behind, but our, uh, the wife of his soccer coach was a Unitarian Universalist and, uh, you know, great gal. We had some great conversations, but outside of that, there's no way I get connected with her. Yeah. And, and, Mike, you know, outside of, of, you know, the soccer field, we're not going to run in the same circles. It'd be very difficult to strike up a conversation with them, particularly she found out I was a preacher, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just Carson's dad, you know, first. And then she finds out later I'm a preacher and, yeah. you know, we can have, you know, conversations then. And yeah. so, you know, so there are, there are several bridges we can take advantage of, you know, to build relationships uh, that are, that are neutral and natural that are, are less uncomfortable. And, uh, and so, but, but the onus is on us. We yes. are the missionaries, right? Jesus has sent us, uh, not them. And so, so we've got to take responsibility for that and figure out what the cultural barriers are. What is the distance? What are the things that have to be overcome to build a relationship that will last to the point where we can share Jesus and the good news of Jesus with them? Uh, because the, it, it's on us to do that. And we've got to stop being places that just continue, hey, come to us, come to us, come to us. We've got to go to them. And, and there's a point where we can invite them in. But we've got to take that first step and go to them. Right. So, all right. So there's our incessant ranting, babbling on the topic topic of cultural distance. Uh, Hopefully that was informative and we'll strike up some conversation with you guys. Look for ways to bridge those gaps and and cross those cultures to connect with people that are far from Jesus uh, because they need to know the, the good news about him. Yeah, and let's get that uh, document you had that kind of pictures uh, cultural distance up on the website. If that's yeah, cool. Yeah, we can do that. Post, and, post a PDF of that if you want to download that. Yeah, I've got the graphic in the descriptions that go along with that uh, as well. And and like I said, I, I don't know who to give credit for. You know, Brad Briscoe is the first one that I saw, and I'm sure it comes. Yeah. There's a it's a melding of several different places. So mm-hmm. Brad, you get the credit until proven otherwise. <laughs> yeah, check out check out Brad on the podcast. Yeah, uh, then he's got the Missional Quest book yes. out. Uh, yeah. He's also got Next Door as it is in Heaven book out. Yeah, and then the the what's the workbook? Uh, Missional Essentials. Missional Essentials. Yeah, yeah, it's in it's in the cultural distance thing is in there. Yeah, so those are some resources. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in kind of next steps with this. So. Yeah, so check that out. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. Oh, also, oh, hey. since we're taking questions, yeah, 
you uh, from you guys for a lot of the content of these. That's yeah. really what we want it to be. Yeah, uh, we'll be happy to supply content if there's no questions. But we're already getting. Them. <laughs> yeah. But if you have some that stick out to you, you're like, oh, here's a church playing question. It could be from a pastor. It could be from a planter. It could be from yeah. a partner. Any any aspect of church planting, uh, send us an email at uh, thegrind at absc.org. And uh, we'd love to have that. Or you can tweet us or comment on Facebook. Uh, find us however you want. But we would love to have your questions yeah. to generate this content because we want it to be from you guys. We could we could talk incessantly yeah. about any yeah. of our topics. But we want to hear from you. We really want this to be uh, be for you. So yeah. And we've got some questions coming up. You know, we're going to talk about you know why we need to plant more churches in Arkansas. You know, that's a question we get you know, quite a bit. Yes. Um, how, how do I discern where and with whom to, to plant? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big question we get all the time. And so we'll do some discussion about both of those and some other questions. But Chad's right. If you've got some questions that are burning questions for you, we'd love to dialogue around your burning questions. So uh, see a doctor about that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Until next time. All right. Time. See ya. Adios. Bye.